Good afternoon. It is Monday afternoon of the Travelers. I'm DB, and I'm by myself with the Travelers DraftKings DFS preview. And I got to get something out of the way. I got strep throat. Who knew? Um, <clears throat> so it kind of sucks. I don't feel great. I started feeling bad during the Hunter Mayhan interview and just got worse. But I'm, I'm powering through because my partner is, uh, is on vacation. Pat is out. So if you hate me, you're going to hate this show. I just got to be honest. You're going to hate it. I am, um, I, but I'm doing my thing. I don't have any alcohol. I'm drinking water. My damn phone's ringing. I don't know what to do. Our, our parrot's heads are falling off. <clears throat> also, I got a new backdrop. Look at this. Look at this. Look, 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 I mean, it just looks great. No TV behind me. I'm about to improve my lighting a little bit here in the next week or so. Uh, I'm feeling excited. You know, even though Ricky didn't get it done at the U.S. Open, whatever. 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 He broke my heart. He stepped on my wiener. Uh, he kicked me in the, in the ass on, like, number three, and I just knew it was done. I knew it was over. I'm going to talk about kind of some things we learned from uh, the U.S. Open in terms of DFS. I'm going to obviously get to some picks. I got some thoughts and things to go over. If you did not catch the Hunter Mahan betting preview that I did this morning, you are, you're missing out. And even if you're just a DraftKings person, I think you should go listen to it. Because, number one, the first 30 minutes, and yes, we did put timestamps in there because but yeah, I didn't want you. I don't want anybody to freak the hell out. <clears throat> the first 30 minutes, we do a U.S. Open recap. It's great perspective from Hunter Mayhan on that. Uh, then we do about 15 minutes of like travelers, TPC River Highlands discussion, key stats, golf course breakdown, and then just golf handicapping in general. Hunter Mayhan uh, won six times on the PGA Tour, had seven runner-ups, won 30 million dollars in his career, played on like four or five different national teams. Um, won the Travelers, the very first year that Travelers was the host, and then finished second the year after and fourth the year after that, gained 43 strokes in a three-year span. He loves TPC River Highlands. It was a great conversation with Hunter Mahan. So then we get into handicapping the field and um, had a good time doing that. Gave out some names, gave out some long shots, talked about some possible bombs. And then we wrap it up, talking through a little bit of the live PGA drama, what's going on there in the world of golf, his thoughts on the Ryder Cup. We're going to have Hunter back on on the Ryder Cup show. He's, uh, he's a good dude. Seems to be a fan of the tour junkies, so that's 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 what's up. Um, hello to everybody in the chat live. Appreciate you guys joining. Nancy, DT, Luke, what up? Dame, how we doing? Spaz, yeah, he is. Uh huh. Kissler, four o'clock today is just random, you know, because I'm by myself. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not constrained to Pat's real job timeline. I get to just do it when I want to do it. I don't feel well. I've handicapped what I need to. I've already done the betting show. I would love to do this, and then I've got a couple art. I've got a couple articles to start writing. I've got to prep for tomorrow, and then I'm probably just going to go to bed. I'm probably going to go to bed, so that's why I don't feel. But apparently, Pat is actually back a day early. Leave it to Pat to not understand what day he gets home from vacation. Thank God his wife was there; he wouldn't have got on the damn plane. But he got on the plane, and he's flying home right now. So he he should be here tomorrow. He'll be in the hut. All, every, business as usual starting tomorrow. If you're looking for Pat Perry, the problem is he won't be on either one of these freaking podcast so you're screwed there um by the way speaking of the nut hut so so we'll do the chats as normal i'll do the wednesday live lunch chat we'll do the wednesday night live chat with me and pat speaking of that i have to say we probably I mean, we've had some amazing chats in discord over the last couple of years but having caddy brett swedberg adam shink's caddy spend an hour with us on wednesday night before the u.s open to talk through what he had seen at at, at lacc was just awesome um, I loved it. Brett enjoyed it. Looks like a lot of you loved it. And he's already committed to me that if they make it to the Open Championship, he will be back. So excited to have that happen. We're going to work on trying to make that happen more and more. The Nut Hut is popping, despite me. Shout out to our boy, Crazy Marcus, who I don't see is in the chat. But Crazy Marcus has hit four outright winners in a row on the LPGA Tour. And all of his picks are exclusively in the Nut Hut, every week there's an LPGA Tour event because Marcus is a lady lover. He's a lady lover. Do the ladies love him? No. We haven't found one yet. They say there's one out there for everybody. Not sure that's the case for Marcus. I, 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 no, I believe there is. I believe there is. We just haven't found her. Maybe she's listening. Maybe she's a DFS um, lady. Who knows? But 
anyway, he loves the ladies. He, he tracks them down. He, he, you know, he watches. He knows what's up. He knows all the ones that are out there that are good. And he puts their names down in the Discord every week. And he's hit four winners in a row. It's unbelievable. Yes, Kissler said it best. He's just, Mark's just one of the gals. He really is. So uh, good for him. I believe Joe Idoni and myself both basically broke even. I say basically. I think I, was, I, think I lost like 0.1, like a tenth of a unit in my head-to-heads and finished positions and all that stuff. And I think Joe won like a tenth of a unit on his. Uh, obviously, I had the Ricky Fowler sweat. Pat had Xander. But let's talk about the USO. Uh, by the way, cash giveaway. The $200 cash giveaway. I've already announced him on Twitter. I found him. It is Oki, Oki Smokey 88 um, So you won the cash giveaway. And I, I've got to hear back from our friends at SoBet to get the mini driver giveaway. They were supposed to get it to me today, and they haven't got it to me yet. I'll get it. ASAP, and I'll let everybody know, somebody know who won the damn, you know what, and here I am, I just literally left all my notes, I left all my notes, so while I go get my notes, here, um, watch this, okay, I'll be right back. Oh, man, and just like that, I am back. <sighs> Show's off the rails. I don't feel good. I don't have my, I don't have my, I don't have Pat with me. Oh, jeez. Um, okay, the U.S. Open week. What did we learn from a DFS standpoint? First of all, Wyndham Clark, okay? Wyndham Clark. Fantastic player. Love the guy. Really do. Had none of him. None of him. And, yes, I see our boy DT. Is in the chat. Talk to me and Joe Idoni in the chat Wednesday night about Wyndham Clark. There's a couple other sharp players in the hut talking about Wyndham Clark. Wednesday night, I'm out of breath. I had to run up and down the stairs. And listen, I am going to totally throw Joe under the bus here. Joe was so anti Wyndham Clark. I mean, he was. It was shocking. It was, it was shocking. Um, you know, I. I feel like I played both sides kind of well, you know, because th- there was one part of my brain that loves Wyndham Clark, okay? I do. I've loved him all year. I've been the one banging the Wyndham Clark drum. He's elevating. He's elevating. He's elevating. He's leveling up. I, I did the-, the-, the Instagram reel, you know? Monday after he won the Wells Fargo, and said he could be the next Max Homa. He could be a top 10 player in the world. He's now number 13. He's won twice in four starts. I- I'm the one that did that. So I had that part of my brain. And then I had the other part of my brain that was like, whew, like Wyndham is like mid-7K, approaching chalk. It, it, it wasn't like he was going under the radar. He was like 13 14%, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I love Ricky right there. I don't want to eat too much chalk. There. I'm just going to pick Ricky. Is Ricky, you know, 40% a better player than Wyndham Clark? Obviously not. No, no, he's not. No, mm-mm, mm-mm. Um, but I chose the wrong piece of chalk right there. I did. A bunch of people in the nuthead did not, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad. I really am. But, uh, yeah, Wyndham is that dude. He really is, and uh, I love the guy. Seriously, I really, really like him a lot. Um, our boy Drew Stoltz, we've talked to him about him, had him on the Better Sports Network the, the Tuesday after the Wells Fargo Championship. Drew talked about how much he loved him. Like, the guy's a lovable guy. He's got, he's got the skills, y'all. He's got it. He is all the way. He could be that doll, okay? He's going to be on a Ryder Cup team, and I'm excited for it. I, I really am. I think, I think the dude's a stud. Great story. Worked hard. Ha- fought through some demons a little bit. Um, board member of the WAG committee. Shout out WAG committee in the Nut Hut. Like, He's up there. He he's like he he may not be the CEO. We might talk about him later, but he's like on the he's like in he's in the C suite of the WAG committee. He's in the C suite. He, he might he might be the COO of the WAG committee. Just I'm just it could be that's the case. I want to talk about this. There is a um, there's a dude or maybe it's a few dudes or 
uh, maybe it's, maybe there could be some girls in there too, I don't know, uh, called the DFS Daily. And they're pretty cool. If you don't have them, I think you should subscribe to their email. But uh, they, they send a good Monday weekly recap email, I guess, on like some of the winning DFS lineups. And I think it's good to kind of talk through this. Because what did we learn? Well, we learned that this was a chalky U.S. Open. If you put in your lineups on Thursday morning, Wednesday night, whatever, you locked them in, and you had Cheeto or Chalk Dust, not Cheeto Dust, maybe you had Cheeto Dust, you had Chalk Dust in, in your mouth and in your lungs and on your fingernails and on your face because you forgot you had it on there and you wiped your face or maybe a, right around you know another part of you because you, you were, and you just had a lot of chalk around, you did really well because it hit, okay? The chalk hit. I'm just looking at some of these winning lineups. In the $3 million fantasy golf millionaire on DraftKings, the lineup was Rory, Xander, Fleetwood, Fowler, Clark, English. The, the only player in a single-digit ownership, single-digit ownership was English. By the way, that is one player I did get right. So, you know, while I'm here by myself and I got nobody to humble me, I, I freaking nailed Harris English this week. Freaking nailed him. Okay? So good for me on that. That's it. Harris English was 2.5% owned. Then it was Wyndham at around 12. Fleetwood at 16.6. Rory at 16.2. Xander at 20.8. Fowler at 22.7. That's a lot of chalk to win a million dollars. 543 points on DraftKings. The other Millie Maker winner. Scheffler, Rory, Sahith, Fowler, Clark, Sargent. Again, Sargent, the only player in single-digit ownership at 2.5%. By the way, that kid's freaking good. Um, the, the, next the next lowest one was Sahith at 14.6, Clark at 15.8. Ricky was 31.1, and Rory and Scheffler were both 25 apiece. Okay? In the Mega Snowman, that's, some big, that's for them big dollars. If you're like, man, I don't even know what a Mega Snowman contest is. It's because you broke, homie. It's because you broke. That's okay. That's okay. McLovin, who we all know and fucking hate, not personally, but just because he's really good at DFS and he's taken all our money since 2015. Me personally, I probably bought McLovin a car. Seriously. Like, if you, I've been playing since 2015, and I've seen this MFR in contests since 2015. I guarantee you that if you just took my contest entries from 2015 to now, he is riding around in probably, I'm going to say, I'm going to say like a, I'm going to say like a, like an Altima. Like, like a Nissan Altima is about what I could get McLovin. I'm not, you know, I haven't given him enough to be in the, in the like high, high roll, you know, like a luxury car, but it's like a nice sedan, you know, a decent sedan. That's what I've, Bought McLovin. McLovin. Scheffler. Cam Young. <laughs> Sucker. What does McLovin even know? The guy sucks. Tommy Fleetwood. Bryson Shambo. Ricky Fowler. Wyndham Clark. Not a single player under 10%. Cam Young was 11.5. And that's supposed to be a sharp contest. And Cam Young at 11.5%. Screw you. I don't think so. Uh, Scheffler at 26. Fleetwood. DeShambo. Right around 16. Fowler at 32. So in the sharp contest, what did they do? They ate a bunch of chalk. They ate a bunch of chalk. A bunch of chalk. Now, this was a pretty, he got lucky here. I mean, this is like the nut flush lineup, even though it didn't score as many points, but like to have that much chalk and like almost no leverage and do what he did, pretty damn impressive. Um, I mean, Scheffler at 25, 24% finishing third. Fowler at 24, 25, finishing fifth. Shoffley at 20 to 21, finishing T10. Kepka. I mean, Kepka was, Kepka ended up screwing you. He was 20% in a fish 17, said he didn't like the course, whatever. Adam Scott and Justin Rose were probably the two that really screwed people the most, around that 19 to 20%. Uh, Cam Smith would have been nice. Um, in the top seven most owned plays, you had the players who finished third, fourth, fifth, 10th, and 17th. That's not counting DeShambo, Fleetwood, or Rory. I mean, so freaking chalky. The, the sum total ownership, okay, hold on. Millie, the Millie Maker winner was 90.5% combined total ownership. That is nuts. That's nuts. That is really, really, really nuts. So, I mean, lessons here, yeah. Freaking chalk, baby. Chalk. What's, spaz, what's the chat saying? Spaz says, Rory and Xander was the optimal chalk starter up top. Yep. 
so, so that's what I was going to say is you had, if you look at the, if, if you look at, hold on. Oh, this, this is the other thing I was going to, I was going to pull up. I was going to look at this. Okay. The perfect lineup would have been Clark Fowler, Rory Fleetwood, Cam Smith, and Tom Kemp. Nobody in the 10K or above. And listen, we talk about it. We talked about it on the show. Like, could you do a lineup with, with players only at 9K or below? 100% you could. You know, but not that that would be like your only strategy. That You probably should have some exposure to those guys. But even Scheffler not in the perfect lineup. Scheffler not in any of the two uh, winning Millie Maker lineups, or, or at least one of them, maybe both of them. Did I, did I read him? Uh, maybe he was in one. In the $25 Millie Maker, it was Wyndham, Ricky, Rory, Tommy, English, Xander. You had Rory and Xander up top, which is what Spaz just said in the chat. And then you had four 7K studs. In the $5 drive the green, which uh, scored like a point and a half less than the one I just read off, it was Wyndham, Ricky, Rory, Tommy, Cam Smith, Sam Burns, because Sam Burns actually ended up scoring some points. But, you know, 88% total ownership in that lineup. And nobody above 10K. 90% total ownership in the $25 Millimaker lineup, and nobody above 10K. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, another thing I thought about, you know, I did this. I, if you read the article that we wrote up for Golf Bet on the PGA Tour, I talked about skill set stacking, which when we have an unknown course, or maybe kind of even a course like the Travelers, but especially an unknown course. And narr- different narratives are getting thrown out there, right? Like, oh, oh, it's a bomber's paradise. Oh, no, it's not. You know, the fairways are wide, but they really play kind of smaller, and it's going to be super fast, and the rough is terrible. Ah. You know, and, and you had these, like, con- dissenting arguments about how these things was going to shake out. It, I wrote up in the article, skill set stacking. If you're new to DFS, meaning, like, if you think it's, like, maybe have some exposure to a, a lineup or two or three or however, that all bombers, all players that hit it far, all players that hit it long. And then maybe do the same thing with, like, a, you know, more of the, the dinker-dunker precision accuracy types, right? Your, your Morikawas, your Tom Kims, those kind of guys. And, and, and then mix it up for the rest of them. But have some level of exposure to these skill set stack lineups so that in the event that the course plays one way or the other, you have, you have some, some leverage there. And what I think happened is I think LACC ultimately ended up playing out to the Bombers. I mean, it, you may disagree, and that's fine. Comment if you disagree. I, I, I'm curious. But when I look at it, they, the, of the top 20, which were 26 players, only four averaged less than 295 yards. And then only eight hit 75% or more of their fairways. I mean, I just think... I just think LACC, and like most majors, 90% of majors. Now, maybe not as much as Wingfoot did or whatever, but 90% of most majors are going to favor long hitters. So all these lessons I think we take with us to the final major of the year in just a few weeks at the Open Championship. Now, at the Open Championship, we know that it is a high-variant major in and of its own, right? Because you always have, you typically have weather issues. You have wave advantages. You have these different grasses, different firm, you know, different conditions that maybe we're not used to handicapping here stateside. But things to remember that like the balance lineup can hit. There's so many good players in golf. They don't, you know, even though Scotty Scheffler finishes third or whatever, like he, he wasn't in the optimal lineup. Right. And sometimes we don't think about that. Like sometimes we just go, oh, if he finishes in the top five, he returns the value. But you're not really accounting for what you have to do. With paying up for Scotty Chef, right? And then what that does to your lineup, and is that optimal or not? Um, the other thing we learned is, damn, Scotty Scheffler is real freaking good. He's just well, we we didn't learn that. It was just double, triple, triple stamped. You can't double stamp a triple, triple stamp a double stamp. Yes, I can. It was he's really good, is what I'm saying. All right, that's enough of the U.S. Open. I got I had other rants and takes uh, on Twitter yesterday, and. Me and Hunter got into it a little bit. If you're just dying for that, but I mean, everybody's got them. So you know, you open any podcast with the word golf in it, you can hear all that, all of that you want. But you're not here for that. Let's talk. Of, oh, here we go. Twenty minutes to get to the picks, DB. Whoa, Twenty minutes. Well, it was U.S. Open, and I think I think there's value to a little bit of a debrief. You know, like back in the day when me and Pat first started this eight years ago, we would have the first few minutes, ten minutes, fifteen minutes of the show would be a recap of the week before. And then people just start, kept pissing and moaning so much that we quit doing it because they just want to move on. 
And I get it. I kind of just want to move on too. Ricky broke my heart. I basically finished dead ass even. Dead ass even on DFS. I'm talking about, I think I made, I think I, I think I was, I think my DFS week, I was literally, I made 3% on my, I literally, it was the dumbest thing. It was, I was just sitting there looking at it going, I sweat this shit all week. I just labor over lineups. And I make 3% more than I put in. Which, hey, listen, that's a win. Hell, you, you, most people, even the best and brightest, and I'm not in that group, lose a lot in DFS. You don't see it. You only see the screenshots when they win. You only hear about it when they win. They only do the world tour and the victory lap and when they win, i.e. Pat Perry last year at the U.S. Open or PGA or whatever it was. But So I'm not saying a break-even is a bad thing, but I'm just saying like, it was a frustrating week to not have Ricky close the door, to still be drawing dead on my outrights since the match play. It was a frustrating week, even though I like Wyndham. And I'm also mad that I, I missed Wyndham for the second win. I was pissed I missed him at the Wells. I was pissed. And honestly, he was in my mo- He popped in the model. He did. I looked at him all week. I think I even said that talking about DT and, and Joe Idoni in the chat Wednesday night. I think I even said, yeah, he, he's in my model. He's like 15th in the model. Um. You can't get you, you don't you don't get to them all, but I think a debrief after a major because we tend to put more emphasis in the majors, we tend to put more money out there in the majors and expose more of our bankroll in the majors. We care more in the majors, you know. I, I think a little debrief like that is is sometimes helpful. And I don't have Pat eating up all this other time, so I can just say whatever I want, and that's it. Um, your player Hank really led last week. Struck. Okay, I don't know what that John. You're right. I mean, I. My boy Hank, listen, Hank's a good friend of ours. We love Hank. He was very gracious for coming on the show and talking to us about LACC. He did struggle. He struggled. The community throwing in, you know, loose change to the, I think it was like, I don't know, 150 to 1 or 200 to 1 first round leader was dead after the first hole when he double bogeyed 10, his first hole of the day. But, you know, you live and learn. Um, (laughs) All right, let's move on. 9K and above on DraftKings. Good Lord. Like, there's so many questions, so many things we could get to here. Uh, I talked a lot with Hunter about the idea of coming from the West Coast, coming all the way to the East Coast, the Cromwell, Connecticut. After, a, a, you know, maybe you played all four rounds, maybe you missed the cut, whatever. Most of the guys up here did end up playing all four rounds. Um, how grueling would it be? And Hunter had some great things to say about it. Great things. So I encourage you again to check out that show. I think. I think Scheffler, I think I'm, gonna, I think I'm just going to go whoop and just do this. Homer Simpson into the bushes, Scheffler. Like, I, I don't love it. I feel like everybody's going to look at me weird. I think I'm just going to not play him this week. I think this is six out of the last seven weeks. He will have played golf, grueling U.S. Open. Like, and, and Hunter said it nicely. He said, when you're in contention that regularly, that consecutive, like that many consecutive weeks, it is grueling and at some point that has to catch up to you right and it may not be this week lord knows if it'll ever stop with Sheffler. eventually it will but i think these guys are looking ahead to some weeks off because they got a few weeks off no more elevated events i think you got rocket mortgage john deere they're going to get to the, maybe some of them will play in the in the uh, genesis scottish and then the open i think there could be a look ahead to some weeks off slightly slight let down here that's all i'm saying might mean the let down as he finishes ninth okay but i think i'm out Rory, he's played here. He's done well here a couple times. Seemingly, it could be a course he could totally overpower. I just wonder about Rory. It's starting to get to the point where I wonder about Rory in anything but a major at this point. Um, I just don't feel awesome about it. And it's another mentally, emotionally grueling weekend and the travel and all that stuff. I just, I don't, I don't know. I think I'm out. Um, Rom is interesting. Rom could be, Rom could be a heck of a pivot. He's a guy who, who hasn't chosen to play here. That's my thing. And I talked to Hunter about that, and he agreed. With these elevated events coming both before and after majors, and you're kind of forcing the, the biggest names in the, in the world who have had a chance to draw up their own schedules now for so many years, you're kind of forcing them to show up either before or after do they make a habit of showing up before or after majors when, when there were years and when this, before this, when there wasn't elevated events that they were man, mandated to go on? Because I think that's telling. And Rahm has made it a point to not come here, despite the travelers being 
notorious to treat their players so well, to, to treat the caddies so well. I mean, everyone we talk to loves a traveler. But Rom's never made it a point to be here, doesn't want to play here after the U.S. Open. That's a little, that's a little concerning. He only played here in 2020, but it was a COVID year. Everything was weird. Everything was thrown into a, a, a tailspin. So I, I think that is a little concerning. And I, it could be something that maybe pulls people off of Rom. Are we going to get a low-owned Rom? Yeah, I mean, and if we do, I will gladly play a low-owned John Rom. I think that the only name in this entire 9K, 10K, 11K Scotty Shuffle range that I am not playing is Scotty. That's it. I'm open to playing anyone else. I think I'm just going to pass on Scotty. Then you have the disgusting brothers who are disgusting in a couple of ways. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Xander and Cantlay are, frankly, like, I don't, what, like, they're just, they're just walking letdowns at majors in terms of actually winning. 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 It's time to win. It's time to win. You're that good. Both of you. I'm talking to both the disgusting brothers right now. You are that good. You win other good events against great players. And you and you just don't even, you just, like, for Xander, and I get it, Ricky did the same thing. Ricky collapsed on Sunday. Ricky looked like a beta on Sunday, too. I get it. But I mean, if Xander, how was like Xander was even? It felt like out of the picture before that. I just don't understand what's wrong with these guys at majors. But we're not at a major here. I, I could see, um, I could see Cantlay catching some steam, and, and I guess I don't mind Cantlay. Uh, maybe it's maybe it was a little emotionally less draining for him to come in the back door. You know what I mean? Versus Xander, but. I think I'd rather just play Cantlay. If I'm gonna, if I'm gonna take one of the disgusting bros, it'd probably be Cantlay. And I think in cash, you could actually go. If you're playing 50-50s or double ups, I think you could go Cantlay in cash. I normally don't get up to a 10k guy in cash, but Cantlay loves it. At least we know that. At least we know Cantlay is a guy up top that loves to come here after a U.S. Open and plays very, very, very well. At least we know that. Now, again, he will be chalk. Cantlay will be chalk. Um. I'm very interested in Victor Hovland again. At least he's, you know, Hunter and I talked about this. We talked about some young guys who got to do but play golf, right? They don't have families. They don't have kids and freaking, you know, wives and um, chores and responsibilities other than just play golf, make money, have fun, do your thing. Like, and there's something to be said for that, I think, with Victor Hovland. He's still just a freaking ball-striking stud. And I, want, I, I, I could see myself wanting some, some Vic at 9,900. now. No, I don't think so. I actually don't think so. Maybe it's now and Scotty that I'm out on. Like, I'm, I'm so glad I faded now last week because I, I, I don't remember the last major I faded now. I don't even remember. I don't, I don't remember. The last, the last, God, I, it may have been never. I don't even remember. I don't remember if I've ever done it, but I'm, I did it and dang it, it felt good. It felt good. It felt great. He had that one little hot nine or whatever. Everybody's like, oh, here he comes. I was like, how am I going to miss it? And then he just fiend out again. So I think I'm just still going to not do it. So, and, that, and that's that. Morikawa is intriguing. We talked, I talked about him in the hut. He was starting to pop to me on Wednesday night. I played him, um, played well, back spasms, whatever, Damn, you know, not worried about it. Irons are great. This course is going to be better for him than LACC, accuracy type course. <sighs> okay, let me skip down to Fitz, which I will also be interested in playing, although Fitz kind of fits, Fitz kind of fits in that ROM category. He's, he's not made it a point to play here. Obviously, last year, it's like you win Brookline. Why would you play here if you don't have to? You, you would. Um, Wyndham Clark. On the other hand, what are we going to do? Wyndham, Tommy, Ricky. What's going to happen? I don't know. I've thought about it the last couple hours trying to figure it out. I don't know. I think, I think Wyndham will be the lowest owned of those three. I think Tommy will continue to – I think Tommy will be the highest owned. Ricky will be in the middle, then, then Wyndham out of those three. But I don't know how much because, like, 
Tommy, Tommy, I mean, are people, because Tommy just took a big price jump. It's basically the same field. It's, it's maybe a little, it could be a little stronger because you don't have all the qualifiers in here. Um, it's probably not, but it's basically the same field. And, you know, Tommy Ladd continuing to do his thing, but he, he gets a price increase of like, what, $1,400 or something? It's a lot. And he, you know, he's 20 something, 20 a lot percent last week. Is he going to be that this week with a backdoor 63? I talked to Hunter Mahan about it. You're going to have to go watch the betting show to see what's up. So we're going to have to figure that out. Ricky, I can see people who had Ricky like me who were butthurt and brokenhearted that he didn't even, he didn't even take it. He didn't even take us to dinner. He didn't even, he told us he was coming over. He told us he'd be there at seven to pick us up and he never showed. Much less, we didn't, we get, much less he didn't pick us up, go eat a nice dinner, you know, go walk around a park with some homeless folks and then try to, you know, try to, you know, close the deal on us. We, we, I mean, that didn't even happen. He, he, he didn't even, we didn't even come close to that. We had dreams of it, maybe. We had dreams he was going to close the deal on us and we were going to deflower Ricky Fowler in a major. We were all going to do it. It was going to be great. But he never even knocked on the door. He never, and I mean, I'm talking about on Sunday. We were ready. We, had, we were dressed nice. We brushed our teeth. We, we were ready. We didn't even get to dinner. I didn't, we didn't even get a free meal out of it. When he didn't birdie number one, I was like, oh, this is over. And, and then he just sucked. And will that stick with people who played Ricky at, at a high clip last week? And then will they be mad about it? I think they'll be more mad about Ricky than they will be about Tommy. Even though they basically finished in the same spot. I think, I think you know, if they're both owned in like this 25 to 30% range, depending on the contest you played in, and they both basically finished the same, I think more people are going to bounce off of Ricky because they're just hurt and just, they're just like disappointed. When Tommy Ladd just backdoored it and shot the 63. Those three are going to be interesting. Listen, Wednesday night, you get to Wyndham Clark, projected ownership, and it's like 8%. 8%. And, you know, I mean, he has shown up here the last four years. 15th place finish in 2019. T35 last year. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're going to have to, I don't know. I'm going to have to think about it. We're going to, we'll figure it out in the nut hut. We'll chop it up. We'll see what's happening. Figure it out in the discord. But I mean, I think if he's single digits, you're going to have a, you're going to have a decision to make. You're going to have a decision to make. Um, okay. That's that. All right. Let me, let me get to the AK range. I'm going, I'm going slow. I thought I'd get done with this quicker. Don't forget to check out our friends at Rainmakers. Okay. DraftKings. Rainmakers. They're awesome. You got, a, you got a link in the description. Click the link. Get a free starter pack. Start playing for some cash all season. Claim the starter pack. Get in on the action. Spend five bucks and get a free booster when you use our link in the description of the podcast. Uh, Rainmakers is a good time. We saw a couple of people in the Nut Hut made some money on Rainmakers. I think my boy Thrilly Dilly made him some Rainmakers cash last week. Good to see that. It's a lot of fun. Give it a shot. Try it out. It's good stuff. Rainmakers. DraftKings doing the dang thing. Click the link in the description. Support the tour junkies and do that. All right, 8K range. This range is kind of, this was kind of, you know, at first glance, you're kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I like it. It kind of starts out with, with two guys who, uh, <laughs> who hurt some feelings but then made it all right again because they were hammered on social media, drinking rosé, giving takes. Um, sounds, like, sounds like Pat and his brother. They're good at golf, and Pat and his brother aren't. Uh, remember, <laughs> here's what we learned. Um, and hey, I'm in a victory lap here because I don't get. I haven't got to victory lap. I don't. I'm not getting a lot of victory laps this this time of year. So I'm in a victory lap. Uh, everybody in the nut hut on Wednesday, whatever day it was, that the video from JT. I think I even said this on a show. It may have been on the Sobet show. It may have been on the. Some show, was it Pat McAfee show? By the way, I did the Pat McAfee show. That was awesome. Thank you to all those who supported. Uh, thrill, thrill of my life to be on Pat McAfee show. I'm a huge Pat McAfee fan. Have been since day one at Barstool when he started Heartland Radio. It was a blast to be on that. 
I don't remember what show I said it on, but I remember making fun of people because so many people on Twitter, the Discord, were like, did you see a video of JT Chippin? But, but, but DB, did you see a video of JT Chippin? But it was like Tuesday or Wednesday before, before, the, before the U.S. Open. Off of a tight lie at the practice green, at the practice chipping green. Tight lie, and he's hitting this nice high nipper. Okay? And I'm like, he's a PGA Tour professional. What do you think they're doing? Like, with my eyeballs at the Wells Fargo, I watched Joel Damon, who sucks at chipping relative to his peers, for an hour. Hit the most amazing chip shots I've ever seen. I've ever seen in person for an hour at the Wells Fargo. Off of tight lies. Off of tight lies. So what? They're all doing that. We cannot freak out when we see a video of a player practicing one shot, maybe two shots, out of a bag of balls that he's hitting before a tournament and just be like, oh, oh, he's chipping amazing. Look at him nip that off that tight lot LACC. You're going to need that on these fast, firm greens. And then what does he do? He sucks because he sucks right now. He is Something is not right. I don't even know if he knows what it is. But until we start to see it come back, I don't care. I don't care if he's 2% owned. I don't care. If, I, if he wins, cool. Good for you if you were early. And good for the 9% of people that were there. That leaves 91% of people that I'm in the same boat with, and it doesn't mean I'm going to have like a, a terrible week. You know, I will take my chances. We cannot freak out when some video, oh, 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 and this, and this. Uh, Max Homa said in the practice round that JT would have uh, shot a 62 on his own ball day in the practice round. Whoa, oh, man. Okay, you have no idea what these guys do. If you are taking that and running with it and, and rostering players like that, I'm sorry, but I just don't. I, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not here for it. If it's just general public consensus saying that or I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. If Max Homa says that, then I guess that's kind of like us having a source that says somebody's striping it and then it doesn't work out, which, which happened last week. So, I mean, I, I guess I kind of get that one. But the chipping video is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Just the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Who knows if Max Homa's even being honest? What if he's just lying? Just like being funny? What if him and JT had a laugh about it? In the fairway, I'm going to tell everybody he shot a 62 and he shot an 81. What if that happened? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I'm, not playing, I'm not playing JT. I could, I could be talked into Max Homa. Which I know everybody's surprised by, but um, at least with Homa, we're seeing—I mean, top tens at Wells Fargo and Colonial putting is is go, is is going well for him. The irons seem to have dropped off, but at least he's gaining strokes the last two events with the irons. Uh, just didn't scramble very well at, uh, at at the U.S. Open. At least we're seeing something. So if he's super low, like let's see what he did round one, Homa. Actually, round one, he shot two under. I forgot about that. Gained strokes everywhere. Round two, he, he gained strokes off the tee and on approach, lost 3.8 around the greens. That is not like Max Homa. So I think that miscut is different from other miscuts. And for that reason, if Homa is overlooked, I don't mind playing Max Homa. I don't know that I love, like, I don't see him, like, new, new baby, life is looking different. Like, I don't know if I see him super amped to come win the TPC, you know, the, the Travelers, but 8,900, I don't necessarily need him to. It's nice leverage if I get it. I could be talked into it. Sung Jay, I think I'm, I'm out on as well. It, it doesn't seem like too far off for Sung Jay, but it's not close enough for me. Uh, Hideki's an interesting case because now I was on Hideki last, I've been on Hideki like all freaking year and I'm not hopping off. He putted atrociously Sunday, yesterday atrocious. I think he led the field in approach. He's gained 8.6 strokes on approach. I haven't seen anyone gain that much on approach. Let me, let me actually, let me just pull it up. Who led the field? Yeah, he, he led the field. Oh, no, that was round four. Okay. Yeah, he led the field in strokes gain approach. Um, Sebastian Munoz, Jordan Smith, Tom Kim, Tommy Fleetwood, Gary Woodland, the, the guys behind him. He just, he was terrible on the greens, especially Sunday. What's interesting is 
he has chosen to never play here in his entire career. Like, ever, which is saying something. But dang it, he's hot. And, you know, the difference between him and a guy like Rom, who's not really chosen to play here very much either, although more than Nadecki, is he got to pay $2,200 more for John Rom. And I don't know. I'm, I'm interested to see where Hideki falls in terms of ownership. He may be a cash consideration, honestly. I think he could be chalk, though. I think he could. W- one guy that I'm not sure how people are going to go is Jason Day. Like, Jason Day is going to be a good chalk. Um, I'm interested to see in the chat, too, like your comments. Um, will Jason Day be chalk? Because Jason Day... Uh, obviously good course history here. Course history tends to lead a lot of chalk along with like outright odds and stuff like that. But for him to do what he did and finish nine over, and I had him everywhere. I had him in DFS. I had him on my betting card. I think I had a finish position bet on him. He was terrible. Um, Shot three over round one for the event. Lost a little bit off the tee, lost a lot with his irons, gained a little bit around the greens, and lost strokes putting. Not good. But he's got the course history here, and he's not at a bad price, and he just won. What are people going to do with Jason Day? I think, I think he will be an interesting move in DFS. I could see him being on the line. I could see him being a borderline chalk player, borderline, eh, he's not really chalk. Like, I could see him just kind of, he's not going to go under the radar after the miscut because of, of the record. But I could see him being, Right there on the edge, maybe. Um, okay, continuing down the AK range. Cam Young, nope. Still no. Still not. Nope. Uh-uh. No, thank you. Um, Sahith. I love Sahith. Talked about him with Hunter Mahan. Um, bet him this morning at like 60 or 50 to 1. What do, we do? what do we get him at? We got him at 50 to 1 with Hunter Mahan. I mean, a young guy with nothing to do but keep playing golf. And West Coast, East Coast, okay, oh, well, well, he can recover. He's young. He's got vitality, you know. That's like a that's something I hear young people have. And runner-up here last year. I, I think it's an interesting course for Sahith to have a runner-up on. I, like if you just said, hey, name a course that Sahith would have a runner-up on. This might not be one of the ones, first ones I would come up with. But interesting to see it happen. Um, you know, played, played okay uh, last week, T27. For the week, lost some strokes off the tee, which I'm sure were led, was led to accuracy. Um, yeah, well, yeah, he had 54, he had 54% of his fairways. <clears throat> not ideal. But he was... Up top, I mean, he was among some of the better iron players in the field. Gained around the green, gained putting. That's what he's going to do. I, um, I like Sahith. Now, do we like a chalky Sahith? That's, that's a good question because the DFS community loves him some Sahith. We, we do. We just do. We love him. Um, my wife loves him. I mean, like, literally, we love him. With his runner-up finish and his good form, and an average price at 8300 are you willing to get some Sahith chalk on your fingers and your mouth and on your paper and on your keyboard as you put them in all your DraftKings lineup? I don't know. I don't know. Like, he's not one because he does seem, he's got this, like, he's got some volatility to him, right? Like, Ricky and Tommy, maybe not Ricky this week because God knows what, he, what he's feeling, but, like, Tommy Ladd coming in like last week and the six weeks prior, it just feels like the floor is high. And if I do eat the chalk and he doesn't have a great week, that probably means a T42. But with Sahith, it's like Siwoo, who's down here in this range. Although, although I would argue Siwoo's been pretty consistent this year. But it's like vintage Siwoo. Sahith does feel like he's got this like, really lower low floor but it's not missing cuts it's just like ugh. you know it's like 58th at the memorial 56th at wells 74th at the players um it just doesn't feel like he's he doesn't feel as safe but maybe that's just a feeling i don't know um but but i do like him and we'll see where he goes honestly it's okay so then you have tom kim who i also like who i also bet this morning at 50 to 1 
great to see Tom show some form again with the short game because the, 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 he's been hitting fairways. The irons have been doing solid. I think he was among, didn't I just say he was one of the top guys? In, uh, yeah, he was fourth in the field in approach play this week. But the short game has been bad. Good to see that come around. Very interesting. Short course. High, you know. I don't think you I don't think you have to be a good putter to win here. Russell Knox is one here. I don't think you have to be a good putter. Is Xander all that good of a putter? I don't know. I guess he is, but he doesn't feel like one. Spieth won here when he was a good putter. Um DJ, I think underrated putter. Bubba. I don't know. So anyway, I don't think you have to you don't have to be a great putter. But good to see Tom Kim do that. And again, like Sahith, just a young dude with nothing to do but kick ass, take three million dollars and get on down the road, right? I think TK is interesting. I think he's going to also garner some ownership. And so what that means is, does my boy Shane Lowry get squeezed? And I don't know. I, I, call me crazy. I am, a, I am just a sucker for squeezed Shane Lowry. How do you like your Shane? Squeezed. I do. I love him. I loved him last week in DFS, 20th at the U.S. Open. I don't know if that, you know... I don't know if that necessarily returned the value that we wanted, but it, it damn sure didn't hurt you, and it helped you get 6-6 six six across, the, across the board maybe. I just think, I don't know, maybe I have these kind of feelings towards other players where I just have blocks with certain players, but Shane just feels like nobody ever really likes playing Shane, and I don't get it. I think I, I, think I play him all the time. Um, maybe I bet him too much because he doesn't win like I want him to. But the dude's, the dude's rolling right now. He's rolling. Rolling, rolling. Now, um, he's played here twice. Hasn't played here since the COVID year. Maybe that's a little, little concerning. But, you know, um, this will be his fourth week in a row. I don't, I don't love that for Fat Shane. I don't. If we're being honest, I don't. But, but a, a, a squeezed Fat Shane at like... seven percent or less projected which i think is what he was last week i kind of like that i i do i i kind of i'm interested in that um okay dt's got a stat for me look at dt bringing in statistics it's not a feeling sahith gains zero or more strokes only 58 percent of the time roughly good for roughly 65 percent 65th in the field okay yeah yeah that's what i mean like so it's like he, he doesn't put four together. You, you're always worried about that one round that's like the Sahith blow-up round. But now, there's usually only like one. Or, or maybe it's like a round and a half where he's lost. But dude, when he's on, he is on. And he can run up the leaderboard. And he can run down some names. And obviously we know he's been through late groups on Sundays. And it does feel like he's a guy down here that could actually give you a win if he does throw all four together. A lot like Siwoo. So, anyway, Siwoo's also here. Love Siwoo. Um, you know, it just he's, he's very ownership dependent. It depends. Um, I think his, I think his uh, his driver will be more of a weapon here than it was at LACC. Obviously, because he's a little bit shorter hitter, but he hits a ton of fairways. But he's longer than average. So I could see him really doing some damage here off the tee. Which he's done in years past here. He's never really putted very well at, uh, at Cromwell. Cromwell. Is that, isn't that what it technically is? It's like the Hartford area, but it's Cromwell, Connecticut. He's got three missed cuts, and he's got an 11th, and a 26th, and a 25th here. I mean, it's, it's prototypical Seawood. But he has played here um, every year since 2016, with the exception of 2017. So... I think Siwoo is also in play. He continues to gain strokes, ball striking. Um, he can use the, 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 his, his play around the green as a weapon if necessary, but hopefully, you know, he hits plenty of greens and reg. The putter is what you're waiting on. So it is a Pete Dye course. Ooh, I haven't even mentioned that. It is a Pete Dye course. So there's that. <clears throat> Spaz, we're still on Sahith. If Sahith didn't have a second here, but a miscut, how, then how much love is there? Oh, I mean, I, I don't, that's a great question. I, I think there's not near as much, there's not near as much, 
But, I mean, he is at least making cuts, right? He's making cuts. So people say, like, ooh, comfy. Um, it's my, you know, it's my, it's my, he's my passy. You know, he's comfy. He's comfy. It's not, you know, it's not. So I, I think that there would be a level of that plus the, plus the DFS community overall love plus a decent finish at the U.S. Open. It would be that, you know? But yes, if he didn't have the second, that, but I mean, the second means something, though, right? Like it does. It really does. It means he, it means he got around here last year. He's he he figured out what he could do, where how he could play it. Um, I mean, Hunter said today it wasn't like it's a course that takes a lot to learn. So, yeah, um, I don't know. But that yeah, if, if the second wasn't there, it would change a lot of things. But if I had two more inches, I'd be a king. Two less, I'd be a queen. You know what I mean? So. If ifs and buts were candy and nuts, it'd be Christmas all year. All the if statements, whatever you, whatever you want to hit me with. All right, I got to move along. I, I wasn't going to do an hour-long show by myself. Okay, we got to get to the, set, uh, the 7K range. Don't forget about our friends at Front9, man. Listen, Front9, I, I, listen, I need you people, if you've, been, if you've been supporting the Tour Junkies podcast for very long and you've not ordered some Front9 coffee, please consider doing it because these people have committed to the Tour Junkies now for almost two years. Uh, or going on, well, let's see. Yeah, uh, going on a year and a half. And it's a local small business started here in Augusta, Georgia, distributing great coffee to people at their door across the U.S. They love coffee. They love golf. They're good folks making a good product, and they're supporting us. And they're giving Tour Junkies listeners 10% off their entire order, and you can reuse the code TJ10 as many times as you'd like. They have K-Cups. They have ground coffee. They have whole bean coffee. They've got all that stuff going on. So you can check out the website, front9coffee.com. That's front9coffee.com. Promo code TJ10 gets you 10% off the entire order, and you can use it over and over again. As far as I know, we're the only promo code on the website. So um, it, it definitely would mean a lot if the tour junkies following that drinks coffee would give them a shot, give them a try. Obviously, my blend, the DB's large bucket of balls, and Pat's blend, the bump and run, are available for you to try. We both uh, kind of have different palettes there. Pat's more of an espresso, Milano kind of bold flavor. Mine's a hazelnut, like nutty caramel blend. It's delicious. Both are good. Try it out. Link in the description. Promo code TJ10. Okay. Um, <clears throat> where am I at? 7K range. I mean, right off the bat, you just look at the 7K range. You go, oh, God. Give me Russell Henley and Harris English. And I... Love, I, I, I love Harris English. I really like Russell Henley. I trust Harris English to win more so. I've already bet him. Uh, I like both of them. I do think both are going to be chalk. And I think, but I would play either one of them in cash and 50 50s or double ups. I do think both are going to be chalk. Let me try not to talk about every player in the range now that we're in the 7K range. Denny McCarthy is an interesting one. He's like the inverse of Jason Day. It's like horrible course record. Playing amazing. Also, why the piss does Denny McCarthy have a bad course, course history? You're like, are we living in an alternate universe? Does, does Denny show up to Hartford and, like, is there a strip club nearby? Like, not even a strip Like, what is Denny into? He, I don't even think – Denny doesn't seem like a strip club guy. He's, he's like – he is the CEO of the WAG committee. He's, he is the top dog. He's the Logan Roy of the WAG committee, okay? So sh- no need to do that. So what is it? Is there some other vice around Cromwell? Are there a lot of vices in Cromwell? that, and, Or maybe there's something strange in Cromwell that Denny loves that nobody else. How does he not crush this golf course? It's beyond me. He's played it four times every year since 2018, with the exception of the COVID year. And his best finish is a 47th. He's never gained strokes with his irons here, ever. What? And he... It's 6,800 yards, Denny. Do they make Denny play from a different tee? I don't understand. I literally don't understand. This is the craziest, craziest, most wacky course history, uh, just dissonance between a player and a course fit that I've ever seen. I don't understand why Denny doesn't play here well. But he's playing well right now. Now, is he doing a lot of it with a putter? Uh, hell yeah. But like that's Denny McCarthy. Did, did Ron Jeremy make it in the porn industry with a huge schlong? Uh, yeah. Like, that's, yes, he did. That's all he had. But he did it, he, he had it, and he did it well. If that's all Denny has, then he's the Ron Jeremy 
of PGA Tour golf. And every now and then, he's going to do well. I don't know why it hasn't been here. It's unbelievable. So he will be another interesting case study in ownership. I think the DFS community will agree with me that, like, we got to play Denny. Like, I'm pretty sure that's going to happen. Um, it's crazy. I mean, crazy. I almost feel like I'm looking at Fantasy National like, did we? is there a second Denny McCarthy that played a tour event like 16 years ago that's somehow in the shot link records and we keep pulling this guy's deal? Because I don't understand who this guy is. Um, Corey Connors is an interesting bounce back pivot for me. He's just kind of been doing this. He's kind of been ping-ponging. You know, miscut, great finish. Miscut, good finish. But I, I like him here. I, I think Connors is, is a potential pivot that I'm interested in. Let me see if I can move faster here. I mean, the course horse for course horses is Harmon. And as much as I like little cockbite, the, the Georgia Bulldog, I'm not playing a chalky Brian Harmon. You can forget it. I would much rather play, I, I'll play, hell, I'll play Gary Woodland over Brian Harmon. Um, this, and, that, and that's saying something. That is saying something. I'm not playing a chalky Brian Harmon. You want to play him in cash? Okay. I don't feel great about that either. He just doesn't feel like he's still all the way there. He's coming, he's, he's coming around, but he's not all the way there. Uh, Jaeger's here and interesting. You know, didn't play in the U.S. Open. He's, he's been playing well. He's definitely got the game. He seems like he's elevated a little bit. You know, not to like a Wyndham Clark level, but it seems like he's a better version of Stefan Jaeger. Um, ben On is my boy. By the way, Uh, I got, if you're watching on YouTube, I got the Ben On hat delivery. He sent me the CJ Cup. Now, I, I said, dude, help me get a CJ Cup. I want a, not a CJ Cup, but a CJ Logistics hat. You can't buy one anywhere. Send me one. Well, I thought he was going to send me like one that I could wear. No, he sent me his hat. This has got his name embroidered on it. Also, I don't know if you guys have ever seen Ben On, but his head is huge. I mean, I can tuck my ears in this dang thing. Like, Ben, if you're watching, like, send me. Can, this is very sweet. Can I have an? Can I have an? Do they make adjustable CJ hats? Um, or at least one that's like not a, not an eight and a fourth or whatever this is. God love him. Um, love been on. <clears throat> May not be the best course fit for him, but I like him. You know, Ludwig Aberg is here. Everybody's gonna continue to love Ludwig, which I understand. However, you know, I love Chris Goddard up too, right? But okay, sixty-eight hundred yard course. It has been overpowered by a few names in the past. I'm not saying Bombers can't win here. All types can win here. It's just like when you got a guy who we've seen very little of on the PGA Tour, even though he's a stud, yes, Aberg is a stud. If he's chalky, why not pivot to Aaron Rye, who's also playing very, very well, who's played here before, who's hitting an ass ton of fairways, whose irons are dialed. Like, why not just do that? So if Aberg is like 10%, 11%, 12 maybe more, I don't think he's going to be more. But Rye is like six. I'm playing Aaron Rye. And I think that's probably the move. Eric Cole is playing again. Newsflash. Hey, Eric Cole's playing. Yep, Eric Cole is playing. And also, in other nudes, other news, I said nudes. In other news, um, uh, the sky's blue, birds are chirping. And um, if, you didn't, if you didn't know, because a Azinger and Hicks told us 11 40 times last night, um, Wyndham Clark saw Ricky Fowler's putter at an event a while back, loved it, and got one made for himself, and that's what he did to beat his own ass, his, Ricky's ass, in the U.S. Open. Anyway, Eric Cole's playing again. It's like the ninth or 10th or 11th or 12th or 13th or 14th week in a row. It's unbelievable. The guy is still a stick, though. And we kind of started talking about how this could favor a draw, which Eric hits. I'm a little interested. Eckrode is also there. Eckrode is, Eckrode is riding strong right now. And I love it. Had him on the show in the fall. Talked to him a good bit. Messaged with him back and forth a little bit on Instagram from time to time. Good dude. Also a member of the uh, uh, WAG staff. And seemingly really, really, really feeling himself right now. I also like that he had a break between Memorial and U.S. Open. So he kind of, he's not playing this, you know, he's, he's a little bit more rested, even though U.S. Open's a grind. But I like it. Um, I think Ekrot is kind of a weapon. So. He's going to be interesting. I, I, he's not going to go under the radar, though. If, if you think you're going to get Eckrode under the radar, you're not. He will not go under the radar. So, again, pivots in there. I think Aaron Rye might get a little squeeze. 
KH has got the history, but those irons the last couple of events, I do not like. Uh, Putnam is interesting. Like, he's a guy that people like and they talk about and just never get to. Like, last week, Putnam was getting all this chatter. I'm t- people ask me, is Put- Putnam steaming? All this. Putnam's 3%. Like, because at the end of the day, no one likes to click Andrew Putnam. Nobody. Nobody. Keith Sweat. Nobody, baby. Nobody likes to, likes to click Andrew Putnam. But Putnam's kind of... Putnam, Putnam be popping, you know? Putnam be popping. It's just, it's just how it is. He's played here the last three years, 46th, 13th, 57th. Um, you know, he's a short knocker off the tee that hits a ton of fairways. He's gonna, his baseline for off the tee strokes gained is going to move up because everybody's hitting it shorter, and the average driving distance drops considerably. I think that's going to help him. That's going to then tee him up for better uh, approach opportunities. He hits his mid and short irons quite well. He's got a great short game. I think Putnam is definitely in play. I think Putnam at 7,200 has top 15 upside here, even in the elevated event. I mean, didn't he just do that? I mean, hasn't he done that this year? Let me look. Yeah, fifth at the Memorial. I mean, geez. Like, he can pop. Putnam be popping sometimes. Sebez, Justin Suh, Brendan Todd, Adam Schenk, Sepp Straka, Brandon Wu, Thomas Dietrich. Sam Bennett. Those are all uh, CT Pan, Nate Lashley, Joseph Bramlett. Those are all names I like. Similar to last week, this this like seventy two to seven k range. I like a lot. There's a lot of names in here I really like. So got to narrow those down. Got to figure that out. Um, but I don't have it figured out right now. So stay tuned. Stay tuned for sleepers videos. Stay tuned for Discord. All that good stuff. Um. 6K range. Let me just run through this real quick. 6K range. The names that I like the most are Mark Hubbard. How could you not? Dude's leveled up. He's confident. Had a week off last week. Love Mark Hubbard. He's gonna be. He's gonna be popular. He will be popular. Uh, Lee Hodges might be. A, I mean, Lee's not gonna go un, under. Look under 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 valued. Overlooked. He's not gonna go overlooked. But he might get less love than Hubbard, and I can see him being a, a possible pivot. Apparently, Doug Gim is playing good again, which is weird. I, I still don't know if I believe it. I've just never been a Gim guy. Weird, just weird. I've just never been a Gim guy. I can't. So I don't know. I, I kind of I noticed it today. I was like, oh wow, look at Gim. But I don't know if I want it. Sam Stevens. I like the upside for Sam Stevens down here. I think dude's been playing really well. Made the cut at the U.S. Open again. Irons have been dialed. I think the guy's got like a little bit of a killer in him potentially that we just haven't quite seen all the way yet. That's what I hear. So Sam Stevens is interesting. Uh, Shesticle, Shez Reevy, former winner here, been playing well. I think Shez Reevy's here. Dylan Wu is the better Wu. D, D- Wu is down here. He's going to get a bunch of love. But you could possibly pivot from D Wu and go to Andrew Novak. We know I'm a huge Andrew Novak guy. Andrew Novak's had some popped, you know, he's been popping a couple of events, right? He's been, he's been interesting. So I kind of think Novak could be in play. And then uh, shout out to our boy Skyhook. Skyhook DFS. Good dude. Uh, very nice guy. Um, let me pull up. He, he, he brought up this kid. And I, knew this kid was, I knew this kid existed. Um, I think he plays for Virginia. Ben James. He's the fourth ranked amateur in the world. And he's actually already played the Travelers before. Missed the cut. Did all right, though. Gained some strokes in some interesting categories. The dude is uh, dude's crushing it in NCAA. So he could be an interesting, you know, Travelers does a good job of giving sponsor exemptions to these young college players and young players. Like Michael Thor Bjornsson last year. Finished, what, fourth here when he got the sponsor's invite? I mean, James is like 6,100 bucks. You really want to go, you really want to go top heavy and throw in Ben James. I'm Ben James, man. <laughs> uh, Dave Chappelle reference. If you really want to do that, um, then Ben could be an interesting flyer if you believe in the, the Thor Bjornsson stuff. So there's that. Um, so, all right. Other than that, I think that's all I got. Don't forget to check out our friends at Underdog, too. I played the video a little bit ago, and I forgot my notes. Underdog, great place to play. You know, pick them to play best ball, daily drafts, and golf. You can do that every single round. Those are a lot of fun. And you can do it for cheap, or you can do it for a little bit more prize money. It's a, it's a good time. You can even create your own. Uh, the best ball drafts are a good time. And then the, the pick them, you've got uh, higher lowers on scores, birdies, bogeys, all that good stuff. 
rivals you can pick between. They're available for download and legal use in most states. If you can play DFS, chances are you can uh, you can play underdog. So check that out. The link is in the description. Promo code is junkies. Junkies, not TJ. Junkies to get you a hundred one hundred percent off deposit match up to a hundred dollars. <sighs> My throat hurts. I don't feel great. We powered through. It was a good show. I can't believe I just went for an hour and five minutes by myself. That's not going to be good for this. Mm. I'm not, I didn't make any fans. I didn't make any additional fans. If I'd have done this in like 20 minutes, I might have flipped some people. I might have flipped some of the independent voters to possibly Team DB, but going an hour and five minutes, absolutely not. They're going to rail me in the comments, and I welcome it. Please, please, I welcome it. All right. Thank you. Are your screens? Thank you. May your screens be green. Let's have a great week. See you in the nut hut. See you out there. Just see you.